All right, we are live. Bringing back Pop the Cat podcast. It's been a minute. I'm with Steven and Taylor. I'm Logan Murata, and we're going to be talking some sports today, boys. All right. Let's go. We're going to be drinking some beer, too. One o'clock in the afternoon, because that's what big boys do. <laughs> All right, so on the slate, it's football season. we got NFL. We've got college football. Uh you know, we had the, the first week of college football, but we're really kicking off NFL tonight with the Packers and the Bears. you got the Khalil Mack jersey, Taylor. Yep, unbiased over here. Exactly. Completely. That's how we do it. We do fair and unbiased journalism, if you can call it journalism. I don't know if I'd go with journalism, but <laughs> fair and unbiased, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I say let's do some NFL pick em. Yeah. And jump right into it. Uh Opening game tonight, 8-20, or I guess 7-20, right? Central time. Yep. Yep. We got Bears and Packers, the classic rivalry. And, okay, so this is a side question. I got in a talk with uh, my girlfriend's dad recently. What do you guys think is the biggest rivalry in the NFL? Ooh. Because I said Bears-Packers. I, I know it's the classic, like, go-to, but. I think i to go Raiders and winning. <laughs> I think that's my biggest rivalry in the NFL. They just that's don't go together one. at all. Yeah, they, they just, go. They butt heads a lot. Winning is really taking it recently and for most of their history. But uh, yeah, it's been fun to watch. If anything, I, I would go with besides the Bears Packers, maybe the Cowboys Giants. They hate yeah, each other. That's a good one too. I yeah. think Chiefs Broncos is a pretty good one. Yeah, I think. I mean, really, you look at any division, and there's. I think you can pit like the yeah. NFC North, for example: Packers, Vikings, Bears, Vikings, Packers, Lions. Like those are all marquee rivalries. But the uh, AFC North is always ugly too. Any two teams in that, and it gets. I mean, look at the Bengals versus the Steelers. The Steelers would never leave a game with the Bengals, right? With their players still healthy. And I looking at like the early to mid two thousands. The Steelers-Ravens is one of my favorite. Yeah. When those two teams match up, just smash mouth defense. But Big running backs. Yeah. Everyone got hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Always overtime games. Uh, so, yeah, we, we have a rivalry game right off the bat here. We got Packers-Bears. Uh, we'll start with you, Taylor, since you're the Bears fans at the, Bears fan at the table. Uh, who, who do you have in the opening, opening game of the season? Well, we got a three-point spread favoring the Bears. I will take the Bears. Um over under three and a half, I will take the under. The Bears 27, the Packers 24. Uh, first game of the year, Bears going to come out hot. High expectations on their way to the Super Bowl. I could see Aaron Rodgers coming out and making a statement today. There's a lot of talk about not playing the preseason, about him being over the hill, about the Packers being overrated consistently. But... It's hard to pick the Packers when he has no reps and new offense. Yeah. And the Bears defense was so good last year and shut Rodgers down. So at least in one matchup. Um, so I am going to take the Bears at home tonight. Um, but I think it could be close. Are you are you going to take the over or under? It was three and a half. I three think. and a half. Oh, I'll take the Bears to cover. Make it four. 24-20. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because with, with the Packers, the big kickers, I think if Aaron Rodgers is healthy – We've seen that the past couple of years. I think that's the big kicker for them. Entering the season, I, I think this could be a game the Packers take, but I will take the Bears at home. Um, I think they enter the season kind of angry after how last season ended. They were making a good run at the playoffs. I, I will take them to cover as well. I'll take them 28-24. Um, 
Let's see here. Yeah, side note, Trubisky played three more preseason snaps than Aaron Rodgers <laughs> with a total of three. Is he ready after I, those three snaps? You know what? I'm I'm questioning whether or not that the Bears offense is ready with uh, those sort of numbers. It's going to oh, be a real ugly game. It might be. Six to three. <laughs> so I got to go Iowa State homer question here. Does David Montgomery score a touchdown in the opening week? Yes. I think David Montgomery is going to be a big part of the offense. Uh, new running back in the system. He's got power. He's got speed. Something that Jordan Howard didn't really have last year, and they lost him in the offense because of that. So he's going to be a little more versatile with his power than a Tariq Cohen. So I can see David Montgomery having a pretty solid game uh, for fantasy owners and just for himself. Maybe 50 yards rushing, uh, touchdown in there, maybe receiving yards as well. So would you go over under 100 total yards from scrimmage for Montgomery? I would say first game, no one knows what to expect. Uh, Nagy's going to have some crazy plays in there for him. I say over 100 total offensive yards for Montgomery. I just wonder if the Bears are going to come out and show off their new player Mm -hmm. or they're going to ease them into NFL-level play. Um, If I had to guess, I would say they're going to show them off. They're going to let Dave Montgomery go out there and do his thing and kind of make a statement with him. Um, Whether or not it's successful or not, I don't know. But I would guess he would also be around the 100-yard mark from scrimmage. And sure, let's say he gets a touchdown. I, I think he gets a touchdown. I think he'll be close to the 100-yard mark. I don't know if i go that far. I think, like you said, I think he'll end up somewhere around 50 to 60 rushing yards, maybe 20 to 30 receiving yards. I think he'll be close to the 100-yard mark. I think they're going to work Tariq Cohen in a little bit more, and then as the season progresses, they'll work Montgomery in a little bit more. Um, is he is he expected to be the starter necessarily, or is it just kind of a running back by committee, you know, by down? I think with the Bears offense, they're going to throw a lot and run as needed. They don't really have a power running back. I mean, they have Mike Davis, but they I think do. that that's where Montgomery will play yeah. well, is he's short, shifty, and strong. Yeah, he's as an Iowa like State an fan, you've seen, him, you've seen him in college. You know what he can do. I think, uh, to be honest with you, a 1A, 1B competition with Cohen – and Montgomery is probably what Bears fans should expect because Cohen, he's shifty. He can get out there in space, but Montgomery is a guy that can eat up some hits and make a statement, run over some guys on defense. Sure. And this is that rare game where there's an Iowa State alum on both sides of the ball. Whoa, That's true. Alan yeah. Lazard Whoa. signed he did the make, active roster. Yeah, so. made the 53-man roster after uh, two sidelines on the same professional field. Yeah. A feat never seen before. You know, <laughs> I've probably seen before. But. Not not common, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, so moving on, we got the big Sunday slate of games. I know we're all excited. Fantasy football is starting. It's the first official big day. Uh, the first game I have down here, we have Minnesota Vikings and the Atlanta Falcons. It looks like Vikings are at home. Uh, I'll start this one out. Uh, I'm going to take the Vikings in a close one. I don't have the spread in front of me, but I'm going to go Vikings 27 to 24. I think it's a close game. Um, man, I mean, what, what can be said about these two teams? They're both teams that are marquee teams that make the playoffs almost every year. They're just there. They can't get over the hump. I think this is the year where the Vikings step up. I'm going to spoil a little bit of what we have going forward. I have the Vikings winning their division. I have them at the top of the division. I think they they take the Falcons in week one. This is one of the top matchups of the week. Falcons healthy on defense, which is big for them. No longer playing from behind, having to lob the ball to Julio and Calvin Ridley. 
That said, I'm taking Minnesota still at home. It's hard to go up there and win games, but it should be a close game, and it's definitely on my to-watch list because this might be one of the top three matches of the week. So the spread is minus four to Minnesota. I don't trust uh, Jeff Smoker. Apologies, uh, Kirk Cousins. Uh, <laughs> but with that Minnesota defense at home, I don't trust Atlanta's defense stopping anyone this year or ever. I will take Minnesota as well to cover the spread. Side note, is Jeff Smoker like the coolest name for a quarterback ever? Or he what? might be. I, I was hoping <laughs> he was smoking cigs in college like a cool kid. Oh, I'm sure. Did he ever go pro? What happened to that guy? Does anyone know? I think he got drafted, but he never played. Okay. Fair enough. Live on Jeff Smoker. Uh, all right, next game on the slate, we have Baltimore Ravens and Miami Dolphins. Four-point spread to the Baltimore Ravens. Four Makes points. sense. Maybe it's a little low. Home game for the for the Finns, who uh, have been purging their, their roster of the veterans. They've traded Kiko Alonso, uh, traded away Kenny Stills to the Texans. Um, Ryan Tannehill is no longer there. Uh and what else have the Dolphins done recently? I was looking up Jeff Smoker stats. Oh. Um, <laughs> the Dolphins, just atrocious. The worst team in the league this year. I don't see any way they cover that spread. Ravens by a couple of touchdowns with that running game. I think this is over pretty early. Uh, I do like the Ravens this year. Uh, strong defense. Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, Justice Hill. It's going to form a very good running game. Uh, I think they're going to win more games people expect them to win this year. I think that the Miami Dolphins are not going to come up and win this game, even with Fitz magic. <laughs> that beard is great, but that offense is terrible. The Baltimore Ravens are going to cover that spread easily, and they might even cover the over-under themselves, 37. 42-7, to seven, Ravens. 42-7. Yes, it's going right. to be a blowout, blowout okay. right off the bat. I just want to point out one thing about Fitz magic. Uh, Jeff Smoker was cut from the Rams because Ryan Fitzpatrick made the roster. Oh, oh, Look at the relevance. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Poor Jeff Smoker. He could have been the Fitz magic of this league, and he was denied. Any team that drafts a Michigan State quarterback, I automatically just assume his name is Jeff Smoker. All Michigan State quarterbacks are now Jeff Smoker. <laughs> I, playing for the Nashville Cats <laughs> and the Arizona Rattlers. I have the Arizona Rattlers jersey. And that is it for the Jeff Smoker contest. Um, right? Yeah, yeah. Looking at this matchup or at this matchup, I'm going to make a unanimous Ravens pick here. Um, I, I agree with Stephen what you had to say about the running game. I think Lamar Jackson is going to benefit a lot from having Melvin or not Melvin Ingram, Mark Ingram, and uh, Justice Hill there. I think they're going to utilize the RPO quite a bit, and I think something for fans to watch is to see how much Lamar Jackson has improved his, pa- his passing game over the offseason. I think. They've got some plays designed and set up for him to benefit from his running ability while also, you know, being able to pass well. Um, I'm going to take the Ravens 24 to 10. I think it'll be just kind of a grinded out, maybe a garbage time touchdown for the Dolphins at the end, something like that. But I, I think the the Ravens will run the ball quite a bit, play their, their typical style, play good defense, run the ball, run the clock. Uh, moving on, we got... The Bills and the Jets, a division matchup in week one. Um, two terrible teams last year. Right. And uh, two teams, Got young off. quarterbacks. You yeah. know, I, I think this is a – everyone's waiting on the next team that's going to overtake the Patriots. I don't think either of these teams are in that position yet. But 
Uh, man, what do you guys think about uh, Le'Veon Bell now with the Jets? Do you think that's going to be a big difference maker for them? I do think the Jets have enough weapons to compete this year more than in past seasons. They're not overtaking the Patriots by any means, but could they compete for a wild card? Sure. Uh, Robbie Anderson, I think if he can stay healthy, has a big year ahead of him. Already a little bit of calf issues in the preseason that have people a little bit worried. But I think last year he was really starting to take off. And I think the biggest thing for the Jets is how well does Sam Darnold develop? Because if he can be a top 10 quarterback, they have a really good roster on their hands to win, especially when you have the Bills and the uh, Dolphins on your schedule twice each. Right. They have a chance to win some games and make a run to the playoffs. I, I think that's the one thing the Jets really need to build on is their receiving core. I mean, I think Robbie Anderson's a solid piece. I think Quincy Inouye, is that your pronounce it? Yeah, I, I think he's a solid piece too, former Nebraska player. Great player. I, you know, I, I think they just need one more marquee receiver and they've, they've got the offense. On the other side, I think the Bills, they have the defense. I really do. I think they've got a young defense. I like that draft pick of Ed Oliver. A surprise he slipped to the Bills. Um, I'm going to take the Bills in an upset this week, actually. I'm going to take them 17-7. to I think it's a grinded out, ugly matchup. But I I think the Bills defense shows up. I think Josh Allen plays well. Um, I think the big kicker for the Bills, though, obviously, is their offense and the situation at running back. I think Devin Singletary will get a bulk of the carries after LaShawn McCoy left. But I also think TJ Yeldon will actually play a pretty good supplementary role. How many times have we said a rookie's going to get the carries over Frank Gore over the last decade. That's true. <laughs> I always forget that Frank, Frank Gore is Gore still, there, still yeah. going. Uh, so I am interested. To see. I think the Jets win, but I am curious to see how the Bills divvy up their touches because they got three running backs out there that uh, two are known to be capable. One's a rookie. We'll see what he can do. Um, Josh Allen, how's he develop? Can he? That's kind of a good matchup too is Josh Allen versus Sam Darnold because both the futures of these – Football teams depend on those guys. I think Allen really showed up the second half of the last season, he did. too. Like, he, he kind of struggled out of the gate, but then he really kind of got more comfortable. He had nothing to lose at a point, and he started to run the ball more. And I think that's where they saw success is when he was scrambling and mixing that into his game. And they didn't really give him a lot of options to throw to either. You know, when I'm looking at this game, Le'Veon Bell, who's going to carry my fantasy team to a championship this year, he's coming off a year, sitting, trying to get that hard-earned, big paycheck. I think he's going to be a little bit rusty. Josh Allen might be the best running quarterback since Michael Vick, statistically speaking. And, you know, Frank Gore's a stud. They got a great defense. I'm going to go with the upset as well. The line is three and a half. I think Buffalo uh, covers that easily. They're going to win by at least three points. And how about – can we just take a minute to to talk about those Jets uniforms? Which one was talking about? I don't. Well, yeah, they're all ugly. Them? They're all ugly. Yeah, look those up. The J- the Jets dropped some new uniforms this year. They look like Canadian Football League uniforms or Arena Football League uniforms. Oh man, These the ones? thing I don't get is they went really. Re- re- excuse me. They really wouldn't be that bad, but the helmet and the jersey don't match. Like it's hard to tell in that picture. There's another picture. The I all saw. greens aren't horrible. No, I really don't mind the color scheme. It's more just like the New York on the jersey. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of. And the see right there, like the helmets and the jerseys don't really match. That picture makes it look like they match a little bit better. Yeah. They might be the Oregon Ducks of the NFL. And they look like the Eagles. Do they not look like the Eagles? Yeah, I would guess the Eagles if you didn't just stripped away the names. 
I don't know how I feel about those. I wish the Jets would put a fucking jet. Excuse me, a freaking jet. <laughs> oh, I'll have to bleep that up. Put a freaking jet on the helmet. You know what I mean? The classic logo, yeah. I don't know. I That's one thing with just uniforms in general. I wish more teams would embrace like kind of the throwback where they would incorporate more of the logo. What makes your team unique? You know, just not New York, you know? Yeah, because you have two of those. Yeah. <laughs> well, copying another team's uniforms like the Jets are doing with the Eagles is probably the greatest form of flattery that you can have. I mean, Iowa State did it with USC, and they're exactly. trying to adopt the role clone. Uh, See, so, I mean, talking to you know, Iowa State, though, like, personally, I was... I just like to give grief. No, but really, though, I was upset when they switched to the I-State logo because the idea when they dropped that logo was, hey, you know, we want to stand out. We want to show we're Iowa State. And then they made this logo that's ambiguous. <laughs> How many I states are there? We have Illinois State and Idaho State as well. Indiana State. Indiana State. So I state doesn't really separate you. You know what does? Cyclones. There's no other cyclones in the NCAA. Nope. There's no other tornado birds nope. out there. I mean, that's a sweet logo too. The original 19, I think it was 1970s Cyclones logo was the tornado. And I thought that was awesome. I think they should embrace the the twister, I think. And they tried to do it one week uh, last season, but it was a well-intentioned logo, but the logo turned out horrible. I don't know if you guys <laughs> saw it. It looked like a bugle. Uh, you know those chips, like the bugle oh, chips? Oh, I remember this one, yeah. Yeah, it was... Yeah, I was the right was. idea, but it just was a poor follow through kind of thing. Yeah, this logo right here, the twister. Yeah. See, I think uh, yes. if they went back to that and maybe just touched up a little bit, I think that's the logo to go with. But that aside, back to NFL. So we have two Bills and the Jets, right? Yep. Yeah. And right. then did you make your pick? I said the Jets. Okay. So you got Jets. What's your score? Oh, 20 to 13. 2013. Okay. Why not? It's not like that's the most boring game anyways. Uh, Chiefs and Jaguars is the next game on the slate. Steven, you're our Chiefs fan at the table. What do you think about the Super Bowl favorites, the new Super Bowl favorites entering this week? It's weird to hear that. The Chiefs are Super Bowl favorites, but I will gladly embrace it. I do think it's going to be a tough matchup for Kansas City. The Jaguars defense should bounce back. I think Leonard Fournette gets back on his feet, um, has a good year. Do you think he stays healthy this year? I think he does. I think okay. That's, so that, that was the big kicker when they made the playoffs. Yeah, years he's ago, a big so. difference maker. So I don't think this game's going to be easy for the Chiefs by any stretch. But mm. slowing down Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, the now three-headed monster at running back, Travis Kelsey. Yeah. That offense is just out of control. Good. Andy Reid, who's an offensive mastermind. I think the Chiefs win this one, but it's probably closer than a lot of people expect. I would guess something around 30 to 24. So more of a high-scoring affair this week. Um, I guess just a quick side note, the running back position for the Chiefs is the big question mark, I mm -hmm. guess. You know, LaShawn McCoy just got signed. You have Darwin Thompson back there. You have Damian Williams. Who Who's going to be the starter? Is it going to be Damian Williams? I think technically Damian's going to be the starter. I think LaShawn McCoy sees the most handoffs early on in the season or the most touches. He just fits Andy Reid's offense better. And I know people are big on Damian Williams, but his – Entire career is based off a six-game stretch last year. Yeah, and keep in mind, I think Andy Reid could toss one of us back in there, and we'd be <laughs> fantasy relevant. But Darwin on fantasy. So essentially, Lashawn McCoy is the most talented running back, but he's old, has a lot of tread in the tires. Uh, Damon Williams, 
he was good last year, so in a small window, he was a strong option for the Chiefs. And Darwin Thompson doesn't have much proof behind him, but he has looked very good in the preseason and in training camp. So take that as you will. I think Darwin Thompson going forward is probably the person you want if you're in a dynasty league or something. But for the season, I would guess LaShawn McCoy has the most fantasy points. Really? You're thinking LaShawn McCoy over Damian Williams? I think so. Okay. I, I am interested to see how Andy Reid implements LaShawn McCoy because he had him as when he was in was mm-hmm. when he was an Eagle. And obviously those are LaShawn McCoy's best years as a running back. Uh he's coming off being a Bill. So, you know, I, yeah. I think this is a system he could thrive in as well. I'm I'm interested to see how they split up the carries between him and Damian Williams. I think like you said, Darwin Thompson is the long-term investment. Um, but uh, just looking at the matchup itself, I am going to go Kansas City. I think it is a close one as well. I do think Nick Foles actually excels in his role as the as the Jaguars quarterback. They've been longing for someone that can just pass the ball. Um, I'm, I'm going to go Chiefs 34-27. to 27. I think it's a touchdown matchup. I think it's a close game, back-and-forth offensive uh, shootout. I think with uh... – the defense of the Jacksonville Jaguars, that they will cover the spread of four points. It's going to be a close game. Kansas City's got a great offense, but I think Jacksonville is going to pound that rock, keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. I think Shady McCoy is going to come in, make some plays, but it's going to take some time for him to gel with the offense. But the Kansas City Chiefs overall are going to come in with a victory 31-27. You were teasing me there. I thought you were going to pick the Jags for a second. I was thinking about it. And I, was that a New Yorker accent I heard at the beginning there? It might have been. Might have been. <laughs> so watch saying, out for that. Weather in Jacksonville on Sunday is 98 degrees. Holy cow. So that's nice. going to wear those defenses down a little bit. Yeah, right? that's for sure. Uh, okay, so the next game on our uh, slate of Sunday matchups, we have the L.A. Rams and the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I'm going to try to go a little speed run here since we've been kind of dragging these out. Um, I'm going to take the Rams, obviously. They made the Super Bowl last year. They've got Cooper Cup back, uh, Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else they have in their receiving core. They, they've they've got an amazing offense. They've got Sean McVay as a coach. They've got probably one of the best defenses in the NFL. I'm going to take the Rams in a two-touchdown win. I'm going to take them 24-10 over the Panthers at home for the Panthers. Well, the Rams are only two-and-a-half-point favorite, but I will go with the upset here. I think Cam Newton's coming in healthy. He's got something to prove. And he's going to – that Carolina defense struggled last year. They're going to come in and improve, show what they're worth. Three-point victory for the Panthers, probably the only time that Cam Newton will be healthy this year. So they are going to take advantage of it. Another one of the top three matches of the week, I think. Uh, Brandon Cooks, I think one of the guys that got yeah, left that off the list. Uh, Rams and a close one on the road. Panthers are a playoff contender, though. Okay. You have the Panthers as, as a playoff contender. We'll get there. Okay. Cool. All right, and next game on the slate, Tennessee Titans and the Cleveland Browns. The Tennessee Titans are a team that I think everyone has kind of been waiting for to make that next jump, to make it to the playoffs. I think they have the tools to do that. I think they have the coaching to do that. Uh, The Browns as well. I mean, holy cow, everyone's waiting for the Browns to make the Super Bowl at this point, it seems like, with all the preseason hype. Uh, I will take the Browns in this one. I'll take them by 10. I'm going to go with a little bit more high scoring, 34 to 24. I'm going to take the Browns. I think Baker Mayfield tosses a couple touchdowns and Nick Chubb runs for a touchdown. I'm also taking the Browns. I'm not all in on the hype, but I am an anti-Tennessee Titan. I think Marcus Mariota, since the get-go, has been overrated. 
I think he's still overrated. He's just clinging to a starting job at this point. He did, um, he has not looked good in the preseason. He hasn't looked all. good for the last three seasons. Uh, but I'm taking the Browns by 10. I'm going to take Cleveland as well at home. Got a bunch of new toys to play with on offense. Great defense. I have Tennessee making it far this year. I do believe Mariota, if he stays healthy, they got a good running game. They this, could make some noise in a weaker conference. Uh, but right now, I'll go with the Browns with an easy victory. Um, didn't the Dolphins trade, uh, what's his name, to Tennessee, their quarterback? Tannehill. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're competing right now. Tannehill and Mariota for the starting yeah. job. So if if Mariota isn't healthy, do you think Tannehill could be a, a serviceable quarterback? Yeah. I wouldn't say serviceable, but uh, he could be the quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. That's kind of what he was at uh, Miami. And I'm sorry if you guys can hear my dog talking. She really wanted to be on the podcast. And big fan of the Titans. Big fan of Marcus Mariota. Yeah, not she's not she's a said. big Titans fan, so she's throwing a fit. All right, so next game, another divisional matchup. We have the Washington Redskins and the Philadelphia Eagles. What do you guys well, think I've got this? the uh, Eagles in this matchup. Solid team, great defense, great offensive line. Hopefully Wentz comes back and impresses and shows some flashes of what he's capable of. Uh, the offensive line is very confident in uh, Wentz. Uh, Washington's got some fun pieces to play around with, but I think later in the season you'll see flashes of what they could be in the future, uh, but not today. He goes down a landslide. Miles Sanders, I'm excited to see what he can do. I think Carson Wentz comes back and looks good. Zach Ertz still an option there. Lots of weapons in the Eagles offense, serviceable defense, and I think the Redskins are among the worst in the NFL. Not quite Dolphins level, a little bit above the Dolphins. Uh, not a fan of them this year. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree. The the Redskins, it's more for me. It's just like it's a matter of when D- Dwayne Haskins is going to start for mm-hmm. them. Um, Darius Geis is you know coming back from an injury. I don't know how how much of an RB one he's going to be for them. But yeah, obviously I'm going to take the Eagles as well. I'm going to take them 31 to seven. I think it's a blowout. Uh, I, I I'm not a big believer in the Redskins this year by any means. So who's your leading rusher this year? Leading rusher, here, Geis. Oh, AP, for, for, the, for the Redskins? Thousand yards apiece, but AP nudges them. Um, I'm going to go Geis because I think he, he takes over full-time at, later in the season. Um, I, I think Geis ends up with somewhere around like 800 yards rushing, and I think AP's around somewhere around I think 500. I think just, for Geis, it ends up just coming down to health. Yeah. yeah. If it's healthy, yeah, he should win easily, but... That's the biggest bugaboo with him is can he stay healthy? Yeah, and I, I like the use of bugaboo there. Um, <laughs> but really, I think with guys, yeah, like you said, it's it's health. He was only recently cleared to play in mm-hmm. like the fourth week of the preseason. Um, he's coming off of a torn ACL. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, so I, I think if guys is healthy, he could produce for them. But I, I'm just not a big believer in the Redskins in general. Uh, moving on, we have the 405 matchups. I guess it would be 305 because of the Eastern schedule here. Um, we have the Cincinnati Bengals and the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, for me, the Bengals, like you said, with the Redskins, are going to be one of the bottom teams this year. They have new coach Zach Taylor, former Nebraska Red, or <laughs> GBR, former Nebraska product. Uh, there's no AG Green. 
Ty, or John Ross, Tyler Boyd are the top receiving options. Giovanni Bernard, uh, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. Yeah, those are the the offensive weapons that the the Bengals have. I'm just not a big believer in that. I think the Seahawks win this in a grinded out matchup. I think it's 20 to 10, 2013, maybe. Uh, I'm I'm going to take the Seahawks in this one. I think they win it in a grinded out. Taking the Seahawks as well. They get ahead early, and the Bengals don't have the offensive weapons to play catch up. Give me the Seahawks by two touchdowns. Seahawks minus nine favorite. I'm going to take them to cover the spread uh, easily. I should have mentioned they're at home. 24-10, yeah. Legion and Boom, they're at home. Yeah. One of the loudest crowds in, Clown- in the NFL. Clowney gets two sacks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Davion Clowney was traded to the Seahawks, so just already improved their great defense. So, uh, Next game we have is Indianapolis Colts and the L.A. Chargers. The Colts. Okay, so we had some te- technical difficulties. I'm trying a new program here to record this stuff. Uh, we left off on the Chargers and the Colts at Los Angeles. Who are you guys taking? I'm going to take the Chargers in a close one. I think Jacoby Brissett surprises. He shows out a little bit better than people expect. I'm going to take the Chargers in a close one, though, 24-17. to 17. Chargers close. Speed I down. also have the Chargers as well, easily. Okay, and then moving on, we have Cincinnati at Seattle. Who do you guys have in this one, Taylor? Seattle pretty easily at home. Cincinnati does not have a chance. Seahawks by at least two touchdowns. Cincinnati is going to be one of the worst teams this year. I'm going to go Seattle 30-14. to 14. And Dallas hosting New York Giants, the New York football Giants. Boys crush them. Cowboys, I'm going to take them in a close one. Uh, 34-31. Cowboys are going to lose to the Giants. Manny's got the young pup chasing his tail. He's got something to prove. He's going to blow all his energy in one game, and this is the game. All right, and then the next one we have the Detroit Lions at Arizona Cardinals. Lions in a close game between two not very good teams that are still interesting to watch. I still think the Cardinals are going to win this game. Sexy offense, brand new guys. Uh, Blair Fitzgerald's old, but he's going to come out hot. Uh, it's probably the only game that the Cardinals win in an upset fashion. Uh, you know, the Cardinals are at home. Lions aren't very good on defense. I'm going to take the Cardinals 20-14. to 14. Uh, Next game, we have the dumpster fire of the week. San Francisco at Tampa Bay. Uh, just looking at this one, I'm going to take Tampa Bay. Uh, I, I think they have... A few more offensive weapons, and they've looked a little bit better on offense. I'm going to take them 27 to 24. I don't think those two teams are as bad as they look on paper. Bucks, a lot of offensive weapons. Give me them in a close one. I've got the Bucks barely missing the playoffs, so I think they're going to win this game too. Jameis Winston's in a contract year. Come on, let's get it. All right, and then the Sunday night matchup, we have Pittsburgh at New England. Always an entertaining matchup. Uh, man, this is a tough one. They're at Foxborough, so I'm going to give New England a slight edge, but I do think James Conner, uh, Ben Roethlisberger and company come out angry. They perform a lot better than people are giving them credit for this year, but I'm going to take New England in a close one, 31 to 28. Steelers cover, Patriots win. I've got the Steelers winning this game. Patriots come out with their uh, Super Bowl rings, going to look fancy. They're going to start off like, you know, losing a few games of the year, everyone's going to say Tom Brady's done and overrated. 
but then they're going to win off 10 games to end the season. All right. And then our Monday night, we have two, we have a double header. Uh, we have Houston at New Orleans. I think Houston, they've got offensive weapons. They've got the youth. They don't have any depth at running back though. I think New Orleans lights them out in a close one, 24 to 21. My game of the week. I think Houston covers. New Orleans wins. Lots of offensive weapons in this game. Should be fun to watch ahead of the worst game of the week. <laughs> we got a potential Super Bowl matchup right here, but I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints. They're coming in hot. They got screwed over. They were going to win the Super Bowl last year until the refs totally gave it to the Rams. Sorry, Patriots fans. The Saints were the better team last year. All right. And then the last Monday night matchup, we have Denver at Oakland. Steven, you are not a believer in the Raiders. Uh, well, uh, let me go last in on this one. Okay, fair enough. All right, I got you go ahead. Denver winning. All right. I'm a Denver fan. I got Denver winning. I think Joe Flacco comes out, plays serviceable reps. He takes care of the ball. I think Denver wins 21 20. All right. Listen, folks, coming close. Coming a little closer. Let's talk. This is the Oakland Raiders are the worst professional. American professional sports team. Now the Browns have gotten competent. The Oakland Raiders are atrociously mismanaged, and they've gotten Knicks. terrible. Raiders worse. Knicks, Knicks really? have made the playoffs. And, well, I guess Raiders made the playoffs like five years ago, but they beat the Celtics. Listen, no, the Raiders are worse than okay. the Knicks. The Knicks didn't trade away Mark Cooper. The Knicks didn't trade away Khalil Mack. That wouldn't make any sense, Logan. That's true. They're football <laughs> players. But now that the Browns have gotten good, the Raiders are the absolute worst, and they're finally going to get what they deserve, and that's national scrutiny for how horribly mismanaged they are. John Gruden to a 10-year contract? What's wrong with them? Yeah, that's They insane. traded him away, and he won a Super Bowl. <laughs> Come on! What's wrong with this team? How can you be this incompetent and be a professional sports team? Josh Jacobs, he's going to get a lot of touches. He's fantasy relevant. Antonio Brown's already freaking suspended. He hasn't even played a game yet. He threatened to punch the general manager of the Oakland Raiders. Who also, yeah. Have you seen his haircut? Have you seen how bad he is at his job? <laughs> Denver wins. Easily. Fair enough. Also, the, the owner has a bad haircut if you haven't seen it. Terrible. All right. Moving on. College football. We've got we're gonna we're gonna shorten it a little bit, do six pick'em games. We're gonna start out with the local boys. Taylor, your Nebraska Cornhuskers are traveling to Folsom Field to take on the Colorado Buffaloes. It was a close game last year. What do you think this year? You know what? Last year, age, uh, this past week, I should say, Adrian Martinez thought he was Taylor Martinez. Threw a few interceptions. Looked bad. The defense looked great. Special teams looked great, albeit against a subpar opponent. I think Adrian's going to become Adrian again. They're going to cover the four-point spread, uh, 38-28. Victory for Nebraska over Colorado, uh, barely covering the over-under of 65.5. Go Big Red. This game, forget the rivalry between Colorado and Nebraska. Forget what happened in the last year's game. Forget the players that are in Nebraska's team that are from Colorado. Forget all the bad blood there. This game's important for Nebraska for this reason. All offseason, Scott Frost and his staff and his players hyped up this team. They said they're going to be much better than last year. They're so improved. It's crazy how much better they are than last offseason. The media bought into it. The media has been hyping up Nebraska as well, both nationally and locally. And then Nebraska came out and laid an egg against one of the worst FBS opponents they possibly could have played. 
they got the win. The defense scored two touchdowns, especially in scored one. The offense scored 14 points. And this game is huge because Scott Frost came out in his press conference on Monday and said they had a flat week of practice. Yeah. But this week they came out fired up, right? This sure. week they came out fired up and proved ready to Coming go. In hot. So if Nebraska lays another egg, you're not going to be able to buy a single word of hype that this coaching staff gives out again. And for that reason, I Nebraska comes out and wins this game by a couple of scores. As a Nebraska fan, any sunlight that breaks through the clouds shines national championship to me. And I can't <laughs> wait for them to beat Alabama in the title game this year. Is it this 1995? <laughs> Am I one years old? It might be. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I think this is the chance for Nebraska's offense to bounce back. I think – Adrian Martinez, I think he ta- he channels some T magic this week, man. I, I think he he runs smarter. I think Good he runs smarter, magic. and I think he passes smarter. I think that's the big thing is his decision making was the big goose egg that the offense put up. I think his decision making influenced a lot of the slow drives they had against South Alabama. So I'm going to take Nebraska by a couple of scores as well. I'm going to take them. Uh, you know, something like 34 to 21, something. And something let's like see that. him scramble. Yeah. He didn't scramble all last no. week. Get him out of the, maybe that's it's the, by design. It's but. the times he chose to as well. It's like, yeah, I think I, the Heisman hype and maybe the coaching staff telling him to take it easy. I mean, against yeah. South Alabama, if you get hurt against them and you ruin your whole season, that's kind of embarrassing. And, and this will be a bigger test. I don't think it's a huge test for the black shirts, but it's a much bigger oh, test yeah. than South Alabama. I, I like, will say I do like the look of Wandale Robinson as a yeah. as a utility player, a Swiss Army Young knife. Guy. I think he could be a return man, a running back. You could put him out in the slot. A better Demonte Pierce yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, look for uh, Washington out of the backfield to play a huge role this week. He had big yards per carry last week, but he only got a few carries. Uh, I think they were testing out the new guy. From Georgia Tech and Dedrick so, Mills, Dedrick really, Mills, yeah, yeah, Mills, Mills look good, but he I played think well as a goal line. The yeah. offensive line just couldn't get any push, yeah. and that's the biggest worry I think as Nebraska. I think Martinez will be fine. The receiving group will come together. They're young; they'll figure yeah. it out. The running backs are good, yeah. But the fact the offensive line couldn't get any push against South Alabama, and with the offensive line's recent history, yeah, that's worrisome. Yeah, right. I, I think a big key is, I mean, Cam Jurgens, he's your center. Yeah, you know, he's the he, he's the Fresh. second in command. You know, to to. Adrian Martinez. And I so, think he'll figure it out. He yeah. had very limited reps in the preseason, or not preseason, the training camp. Yeah, I mean, that was injuries. the first game he started yeah. ever. Yeah. So, well, yeah. going from a questionable offensive line to a very strong offensive line, Stephen, what do you think uh, Iowa's going to do against Rutgers and Kinnick? They are a 20 point favorite. Is Rutgers better or worse than Miami, Ohio? They played That's worse. <laughs> Rutgers won a game last week, didn't they? Maybe Did yeah, UMass. Yeah. You know what? Rutgers over. matched their win total. From last year, this past week. So good Will for they them. Congratulations. Not not too worried about uh, Rutgers coming to Kinnick Stadium. Now, Iowa, no, Iowa can certainly lay its fair share of eggs against teams that they shouldn't. But Rutgers shouldn't be a competition at all. Iowa is down at Lark Jackson. Fortunately for the Hawks, not for the year. Just for a few weeks. Hopefully he's back by the Michigan game. Um, but hopefully Iowa gets a good tune-up heading into Ames next week. I'm going to take the Hawks. I mean, 38 to 10, I think, is is the final there. Um, I think Rutgers is better. They're still not good. Uh, moving on, Iowa State has the week off, so 
We uh, just kind of picked some top games from the week. We have Texas A&M and Clemson. Clemson, we're, what was the line on that one? Like 17 and a half? 17 and a half. I have These are two top 25 Covering teams. that, 49-21. Wow. Home game, Trevor Lawrence didn't play too well. He's got great hair, but last week he looked bad on the field. Give me A&M to cover. I think it'll be a little closer than 17 and a half. But until Clemson loses, I'm not picking against them. Fair enough. Uh, Travis Etienne, he ran great. Trevor Lawrence didn't pass great. I think Trevor Lawrence bounces back. I think Clemson covers. Uh, I'm going to take him like 45 to 17. Uh, then we have a top 10 matchup, LSU in Texas. And this is in Texas, I believe. Or is it a neutral site matchup? No, it's at Texas. It's at Texas. Okay. And they LSU Tigers are six and a half point favorites over oh, under early. 55 Point five, which I think is a little too high for LSU defense. Um, Texas allowed 400 yards against Louisiana Tech. LSU allowed 93 yards, I believe, against a sub terrible, terrible opponent, but still 93 yards is quite impressive for defense. I'm taking LSU 27-24 over Texas in the matchup of who is the best defensive back university in the country. I was playing that one too. Um, <laughs> Texas, much like Notre Dame, and to be fair, kind of like Nebraska, constantly hyped every single Overrated. season. Yep. And they constantly prove they shouldn't be hyped. They do that again on Saturday, LSU in a blowout. In a blowout? In a blowout. Really? Okay. Uh, you know, I, I think Tom Herman's a good coach. Um, I do think Texas is a tad overhyped, but I think their defense is for real. I'm going to take Texas in a close one. I'm going to take them 21 to 20. And then moving on, we each have a pick em game this week. Excuse me. We each have a pick em game this week. And there weren't any more top 25 matchups. So, Taylor, your game, we have Vanderbilt and Purdue. So, this is the spring game matchup of the week. Two terrible opponents, same colors. Who's going to win? I'm going to take Purdue because I'm a Big Ten guy. They're going to cover the spread. Uh, 28 to 14, go Boilermakers. I think you will find out that Nevada was an outlier last week when they came back to beat Purdue. And I think Purdue's going to win this one. And will they take the Northwestern route to the Big Ten West title, which is losing your non-con games and then somehow winning the West? <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> but I'm taking Purdue to beat Vandy. Uh. You know, like you said, I think that was kind of an outlier against Nevada. They hit, like, what, like a 53, 56-yard mm-hmm. field goal, something like that. Um, what went, went wrong could – or what, what what went wrong – what could go wrong – here's the phrase. What could go wrong did exactly. for Purdue. Wow, was All right, Peter, bad. Purdue last week. <laughs> you know, if there's a Purdue of the SEC, it's Vanderbilt, right? Yeah, maybe. Well, Northwestern. I would, well, they have the same yeah. colors. Uh, they win – they're always overhyped. I'd say Purdue's a slightly better version of Vanderbilt. Before Northwestern got good, Northwestern and Vanderbilt were the same thing. Yeah. Private schools. So that just I, aren't I'm going to give Purdue, bottom line, I'm going to give Purdue the win. I, I think Vanderbilt is below average. I'm not a big believer. I think Purdue comes out angry. They should have won that game last week. Um, I'll, I'll take Purdue 28-10. to 10. And then the next game I have, the only team – at least top 25-wise, to lose to an FCS opponent, Tennessee. The Volunteers, they dropped a game to Georgia State. They take on BYU, who lost to Utah. 
I'm going to start this one out. I think Tennessee bounces back, but man, is it close. I think they went 34 to 31. And what is going on in Tennessee? Overrated. You mean Always. every year in Nebraska, like siblings. Yeah. Yeah. It, Nebraska had a little more obviously pedigree behind four it. Four more championships. But uh, since, since the 90s, they've had like the same exact trajectory. Yes. Yeah. Higher coach, fire coach, repeat. Live in the 90s. Live in the 90s. Paint Manning. Expect to be good. <laughs> not be good. Rinse, wash, repeat. That said, Nebraska has its coach. I don't think Tennessee does. So you're you know taking what? BYU? Tennessee will win this one, but don't expect you know them to do much. I'm taking the Mormons. God bless them. They got roughed up by their uh, non-Mormon. Utah's a good state. team. Utah's a good team. They I think are. they win the pack they are. in my opinion. Utah's a great team. Uh, BYU's going to win this one. Uh those guys are pissed. Uh, they're going to come in hot. Tennessee's going to come in hot, but they're not going to live up to expectations. Let's go, Cougars. All right. And the last pick em game we have of the week, Stephen, Kansas and Coastal Carolina. Kansas barely covered the spread against Indiana State. <laughs> last year, my two picks to cover were Stanford and Kansas. My two locks. They both covered. Does Kansas cover seven against Coastal Carolina? I say for the second consecutive week, the Jayhawks get a win and cover the spread. Uh, it is seven points. Coastal Carolina has is on a five-game losing streak against teams without much of a reputation. And uh, Kansas fits into that category. I think the Les Miles era starts off 2-0. All right. If you have $1,000 in your pocket and you want to make some bread, you're going to bet Kansas this week. They're going to cover the spread. They're hot. Les Miles has got everyone <laughs> motivated. Let's go Jayhawks. I don't even know what the spread is, but I'm going to say they're going to cover it. Puka Williams runs for two touchdowns, 41-20 Jayhawks. Easy money. All right, and then we're moving into our topic of the week. we got 13 minutes left on the recording, so we're going to move to mine because mine is relevant to me mainly. I'm a big MMA fan. UFC 242 is upon us. Habib Nurmagomedov, that's a mouthful. Habib Nurmagomedov is fighting against Dustin Poirier for the title. And just to pick him quick, I'm going to take Habib. He's going to stay undefeated. He's going to out-wrestle Poirier for five rounds. What do you guys think? Uh, I've got the American (laughs) to win this matchup. Fair enough. (laughs) You know what? I'll take capitalism over communism any day of the week. Sign me up. Placing my bet in. Go America. You know, America is about to hit a recession. Not only. <laughs> in not, the UFC, though. Not not only in real life, but with the economy. But in the UFC. Give me the Russian. All right. Habib stays undefeated. Habib. And I guess the big follow-up to that, Habib fought... Conor McGregor in their last matchup. What the hell happens with Conor McGregor, man? I mean, he lost to a bulldog choke against Khabib, or it was a neck crank, excuse me, against Khabib. Does is this dude going to stay retired? Does he come back? He's coming back. Yes. There's too much money involved. I think we're going to see some reality TV with Conor McGregor, him and Antonio Brown <laughs> in the same I, house. I would love to see that. You know, I think, I think with Conor, he is going to come back. To, for me, if I was to make a fight, I think he fights Jose Aldo again. I think that's Aldo's retirement fight. Aldo was one of the greatest featherweights to ever fight. 
He got knocked out by McGregor in like 10 seconds. I think he wants that fight. I think McGregor needs that fight. I think McGregor's not going to beat Khabib if he tries to come back and fight him. But Khabib's wrestling is just another level. I think if Poirier can defend it, that's surprising. If McGregor could defend it, that'd be a miracle. I, I just don't think, I mean, Khabib, or excuse me, Connor couldn't defend a takedown against Nick Diaz. And that's um, Nick Diaz. Yeah. And I mean, Khabib, though, he's got the Sambo background. He's a Russian national wrestler. He's won Olympic medals. I just, he's going to stay undefeated. I don't think McGregor has any business fighting Khabib. Uh, what's your guys' topic of the day? Well, my topic of the day is probably a hot one. Which U.S. president was the best cheerleader? And we have George W., my personal favorite. We got Reagan. Uh, he won 49 states in his re-election campaign. Eisenhower, who was undoubtedly a stud in World War II. And Franklin D. Roosevelt. He, uh, he did things, and he beat polio until he died. But other than that, Yikes. New Deal, <laughs> New Deal, anybody? Right. Uh, new Deal. He did the New Deal. Uh, some people say it furthered the recession. I'm not going to comment on that. But I'm going to go with Reagan. How can you win 49 states in re-election and not be the best cheerleader on the staff? W got re-elected. He did, and uh, <laughs> I'm going with W as the best cheerleader. That guy. He seems like he'd be peppy. He did dodge a shoe in a news conference in the Middle East. He does. That's great. one of my favorite clips. And he's with a smile. I yeah. swear, and I this is probably just my memory, but I swear you said you missed me. Yep. Did mm-hmm. he? That's yeah. cocky as hell. He but yeah, I appreciate that. You know, yeah. he's on his feet. He's the on only feet. reason I'm not going to go with Reagan in, in part is because he beat McGovern, who was smeared, he was smeared as a commie. Uh, he didn't have the support of his party. I think that's part of the reason he won 49 states. I like George Bush, man. That dude has charisma. I don't, I don't agree with the damn thing he said policy-wise, but damn it, if I wouldn't drink a beer with George Bush, I mean, come on. That dude imagine? seems like yeah. a fun guy. Yeah. And let's be honest, the best SNL president I mean, is, is Will Ferrell. Yeah, covering mm. George Bush. <laughs> <laughs> he has that laugh down to a T. I love it. I will give a... Eisenhower was a stud. He helped kill the Nazis. We're a big anti-Nazi podcast, so Eisenhower <laughs> is probably 1B behind whoever does actually win this. So it looks like Bush, number one. Eisenhower, I would say I put Teddy up there. I would put Teddy. Teddy's Teddy, a stud. He took a bullet in the middle of a speech and kept giving it. Yeah. And, and he I wanted just, to fight in World War One, but they wouldn't let him. He was anti-corruption. He was... I mean... That dude, yeah, he he was a badass. So he would be my number two, but I'm going to take George W. W all day. And just for record, big Yale guy, George W, number one cheerleader in his class, stud. And then he became president. So good for him, yeah. man. Fancy cheerleading. All right, Steven. I got two. One's quick. Uh, I think the word bear should be the same singular and plural, much like deer or sheep. How about um, fish? I, fish. I, I, much, I, I understand that. The reason it's not is because those other animals are animals of herd. Yeah. And uh, you don't say, look at those deers. But, uh, you know, I think the word bear sounds better. Singular. Like, if you say, hey, look at those three bear. Do bear crap in the woods. It just sounds better to me. And uh, I'll never get that changed. But I'll uh, say that as the Bears fan, 
I'm going to leave that to McCaskey to determine. <laughs> Chicago uh, Bear. The owner of the Chicago Bear. Now, she will determine whether or not it's singular or plural. Because she's awesome. Okay, so my question then is, is do you take any single, singular animal and could you do the same thing? Like hawk, for example. I don't think so. I think it's, it's just Like there's, there's three hawk. It's yeah. much like because there's elk and there's deer. I think this is forest woodland creatures. Well, what about fish? They're not. You don't have to say slogan. fishes. Fish, yeah, fish can be the same. There's like yeah. ten fish right there. Yeah, that's I think fine. that makes sense. Yeah, isn't? That... But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like you couldn't. Like, could you do that with anything? Like I think lizards. There's ten lizards. In terms of sense of urgency, you don't want to be like, "Hey, there's a bear over there," versus, "Hey, there's ten bear." You say, "There's a lot of there's bears over there, and they're coming to get us." Does, you don't it really matter if there's more than one, though? It Exactly. Here come so bears. say bears. In Here, sense of urgency, out. yeah. Watch yeah. out, there's bear. <laughs> All right, yeah. to I'm this, I have the same reaction. Right, how about one this? Bear in 50. How about this? Not a <laughs> there's 10 lion coming for us. No, lions. The Detroit lion? No, it's lions. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that okay. sounds bad. Tigers? Chicago bear can fly. No, because it's, it's Tiger Woods, so you can't do Tiger Singular because People would be confused. <laughs> Tiger's Woods. Tiger's Woods. Tiger Woods. All right. The the other take I have today, and this is for all you fancy footballers out there, get rid of your kickers. Why do you still have kickers in your league? If you still have a kicker, you're behind. The future is no kicker because every other position is predictable. You can say Matt Stafford has a good matchup this week. I'm starting him over Phillip Rivers because of that matchup. You can say the same for running back. I think this guy's going to get a lot of touches because he's a third down back, and they're going to play from behind. Nobody owns two kickers. No one owns the kickers. Most people who are good at fantasy don't draft a kicker. They pick one up the day before the game start because they can Very keep true. another guy in the roster. Like Pollard. A lot of people have Pollard in the roster. Or something like that. Yeah. They have Pollard in the roster until Zeke signs his deal, and then they cut him because they don't need him anymore and sure. pick up the lousy kicker. And you can't predict kickers. You can't go into a game and – I mean, you can predict who's more accurate, sure, and which offense are high-powered. But you can't sit there and say – yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, Blair Walsh is going to get a lot of 47-yard kicks today, so we're going to uh, hope the Vikings get stalled at the 30-yard line. Yeah, but like That's, we were saying, I mean, my MO with kickers was always just pick the high-scoring offense. Sure, but they're just not very predictable. And I think if you look at kicker scoring each week, especially standard scoring, it's atrocious. A kicker with three field goals will outscore your RB1, sure. and it's horrible. So that's my hot take for the day. Get rid of kickers. Make your league better. All right. Last follow-up then. Would you go kickers or an IDP in a league? IDP. You, you like I, I don't like better? personally I don't like either all that much, but IDP. Okay. I can tell you that Khalil Mack's gonna have a good week. Sure. I can't tell I'll you. I'll take in my fantasy league, if I can beat my opponent by one field goal, extra point, if you will, I will take that as a but just is, to embarrass him. Is there anything worse? But that's it. Is there anything worse than being well, in a championship and you have a better team, but your opponent gets like six field goals because their team can't punch <laughs> in the red zone? It's garbage. Lost by kicker. It's embarrassing. Yeah. That is a horrible way to lose a league. I, I can't say I've never done that. If so, a quarterback yeah. throws six touchdowns, like, all right, well, yeah. your team outperformed mine. If you get six field goals, cool. Your team couldn't score. All right. Well, I think that's gonna that's gonna do it for us. We're gonna end on kickers. We're gonna end on the important topics. Join us next week. We're gonna preview the Iowa Iowa State matchup, an in-state rivalry, 
and we'll have some more NFL pick'em and college pick'ems for you. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Logan and I are going to physically fight to decide who's going to win the Iowa State game. Tune Thanks in. For listening. We're going to live, live, live Facebook. We're going to rumble. Thanks.